Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up and welcome to the art of being well. I am a leading functional medicine expert. I get to consult people around the world via webcam. I started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers in the world over a decade ago. And I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, which is my newest book, and The Inflammation Spectrum and Ketotarian. If you want to learn more about my clinical work, the telehealth center, the books, lots of free resources there for you as well, you can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. All right, let's get to today's guest. She is a brilliant human being. Love her so much. Her name is Debbie Brown. Debbie Brown serves as the chief impact officer at Chopra Global with Deepak Chopra and is the voice of daily meditation on the Chopra Wellness app. A well-being educator, author of Crystal Bliss, founder of Karma Bliss, a founding board member of the Mental Wealth Alliance, host of Black Effect Network podcast, Dropping Gems, which I've been a guest on. You have to check it out. A seasoned broadcaster and multimodality healing practitioner. Debbie is devoted to spiritual connection meant to aid in the healing of intergenerational trauma, which we get into it in today's conversation, and internal liberation. Her work is rooted in weaving ancient and modern practices into tangible healing tools that are in support of emotional growth and radical self-love. Stay tuned through the entire conversation because at the end, I answer another one of your burning health questions and ask me anything. All right. This is Debbie Brown's Art of Being Well. Debbie Brown, I'm pumped that this is happening. Thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm pumped that this is happening. Thank you for having me. I mean, we had such a great conversation on my podcast. I'm like, can we just keep talking? <laughs> <laughs> part two right here. For right. People can check, they can check out part one on your podcast. What's the name of the po- podcast so people can find it? Dropping Gems. Dropping Gems with Debbie. Great name. Brown. Dropping Gems. Where did the name come from? I love it. We, we, you're 
my schedule is always on the patient schedule because I'm seeing patients and then podcasts are like peppered through the, mm-hmm. and the, the whole team loved the name of your podcast that day that I recorded for you on yours. Where did the name come from? Oh my God. Thank you for asking me this question. So, you know, it's interesting. My, my background was really rooted in hip hop for years, for like well over a decade. I worked in the music industry and broadcasting, but specifically my origins are in underground hip hop. Like that's kind of how I started being in the world as a young woman. And when I was transitioning to really saying like, you know, I meant to just be in my healing offerings full time. Um, Mm -hmm. I can't, I had a book about crystals that came out and a big part of my business was in crystals and in retail. And so dropping gems is a term that was like so relevant to hip hop. Like it was like this, you know, it was in some of the old school songs, this line about dropping gems, like dropping off knowledge. And it felt like just the perfect blend of both of my worlds. When I started my podcast, I was like gems as in also crystals meets hip hop. So it was like this ode to my duality kind of converging. (laughs) I love that. How did you make that? What was that transition like for coming from the hip hop world to wellness world and spiritual healing and physical healing? What did that look like? How did that transition transpire? It was messy. It was such a messy transition for me because I knew it was something I was deeply called to do but there was no one doing that. And so I didn't know what that even meant or how that could be lived or felt. But, you know, ultimately it, I love my unique recipe and my unique blend that makes me me. Like my dharmic path is so specifically me that it sometimes just tickles me and cracks me up. Because, you know, I think so many when when we're really looking to either one, find our purpose or deepen in the purpose that we know, it's so easy to get comparative. It's so, and I feel that coming up in people, you know, it happens always because we're human, but especially now, because I've noticed that a lot of people are really called to show up in service to humanity. They're really called to help people heal in a multitude of ways. And there is this fear that I'm noticing in people. Well, how do I do it? Well, what courses did you take? Well, tell me how to do this. And it's like, no, no, no. Listen to the whispers. Settle into your path. Settle mm-hmm. into what is the piece that makes how you'll translate this work, how you'll offer this work so unique and so specific to your innate perspective and innate gifts. And so, you know, I think I love the way my life has blended. And it was really challenging at first. Like, When I first decided to really make this my full path, I didn't see any of this there. And especially all the, all a hundred percent of all the wellness spaces I was in was a hundred percent white, always a hundred percent. It's just started changing really in the last year, the last two years since the pandemic, but it was really hard. It was really confusing. I went from this world that I knew how to talk to my audience so well. I had a radio show for over a decade So I knew the innate workings of my audience and specifically my BIPOC audience, which is what I was serving, but in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of it was kind of waiting for this moment in time to catch up where it was easier to share this work and there wasn't such blockages to it. You know, when Mm -hmm. I first left my career in radio, everybody was like, what is she doing? Why would she do that? You know, I used to like host Grammy red carpets and be at award shows and do these things. And people were like, she's playing with some rocks. 
Did you hear that Debbie's <laughs> playing with rocks these days? Like, what is she talking about? You know, so it was hard. It was really, it's hard to do things in a time when they're not popular, you know, which I know, you know, as, mm-hmm. as, as a pioneer in telemedicine, you know, and, and working in a field that I think people really have to just take a little more time to understand the depth of, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was, it was tough. Now it is like, I love it. I, I'm so grateful for the ways that I'm able to occupy space. I'm so grateful for the ways I'm able to teach based on the convergence of all my different life experiences Mm -hmm. coming together right now. I love that. Are, were you always a spiritual person and then just, this just became a bigger part of your life and how you served the world or was spirituality something that you found later on in life? I think a little bit of both. I've I've always been deeply connected to God, even without a set religious system. I didn't grow up in any religion. And also I grew up in, in LA in a really kind of specific way that, you know, so, so many of like things that are just coming online, even if they weren't popular when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s, it was seen in some way. So there was nothing that seemed strange to me or or Mm -hmm. nothing that seemed unnatural about being on the spiritual path in this kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, patchwork way. But yeah, I, I have always known that I was called to help people heal. It was the natural setting in my life. It's something that adults would come to me with when I was just a child, you know, I I'd always been in a position that I didn't used to understand of like people coming to me, people wanting healing from me or advice or safety with me. And so I've always been drawn always, always. I was a kid that was reading self-help books. You know, I was in middle Mm -hmm. school reading the books and like, you know, reading the untethered soul very early or reading, you know, all, all the things like, who is this child? Um, (laughs) (laughs) We are so much alike. I was a weird kid too. We're reading the weird spiritual books. Like, why is this kid? What is he? He's an alien. And and you know, what's so funny. Like, you know, I'm into all the things. So I get all my whole life. I've been into all the things I've been getting, you know, I've been connecting to my chart since I was probably like 18. And I've been like connecting to different readings. And it's just so funny because, you know, if I do like a chart reading and I'm looking at my astrology, it literally says just very plainly every single thing about my personality, about my life, about the way I'm meant to call, the way I'm meant to blend worlds. And it's so interesting because, you know, as a kid, when you are that kind of different kid, mm-hmm. it makes no sense. It makes no sense. And it can be so lonely, so lonely. It's like you're waiting for people to catch up in their language. You're waiting for people's consciousness sometimes to catch up so that you can have conversations as your real self, you know? Yeah, I get that. Especially because it's like, you said, I like the way that you put it, people catching up with their language. Because I think coming from what you, what I'm hearing you're saying, and I've felt that way throughout my life, especially as I was younger, but even now, it's like, you know, you can read the room to know you just can't go certain places with people. Yeah. Because it's like, they don't have ears to hear and you could really kind of, scare them, I think, in some ways. Do you find that to be the case? It's like too much light for the vessel in the room. Oh my God, the way you just said that. Yeah, I think (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) 
it's so like, I just have to say, it's so dope to have that reflected, like to, cause we're speaking the same language in a way that, you know, you can't always bring forward cause it doesn't mm-hmm. fully make sense to people or sometimes it even sounds egoic, you know, but yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, something that, that created a lot of loneliness in me sometimes at different stages in my life was this feeling that my light burned people, you know, that like I was just trying to radiate and be myself and people were drawn to it and then would get close, but it was too much light. It was too much. It, it almost like it, it fried people a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. and it created this like rejection or this resistance. Now, I will say now I feel so enlivened, Dr. Will, like the shifts that have taken place over the last two years, the way that a big majority has had this shift in their collective consciousness. Like I I'm having conversations I've that I have only existed in my head for decades. I'm now being able to say them out loud. And even if, you know, it's not all fully felt or heard, there is space for it to exist in a way that Mm -hmm. there wasn't. So I'm loving that. I am <laughs> love. I am loving this moment. Um, there was this. I there was this show I used to watch back in the day. What show? I think it was the L Word. And I was. I remember. I wrote this down in a notebook when I was in college. And there was a character on the show. She was like a professor of of some kind. And I remember she had this line in an episode, and it was, "I want to talk." I want to talk about things I'm passionate about with those who are ready. Mm. And that just struck me. And I said, that's what I want for my life. I want to talk about things I love with people that are ready. Yeah, you're right. And and, and as you were talking about that, I thought, you know, I I hear what you're, how, what I said probably could sound ego. It's like the, the, the light that I'm bringing or the light that I'm channeling is too big for the vessel. In the room. It's not, it's not me. That's just like the things on my spirit, the things on my heart. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, you need to be in a place where people are ready. That's yeah. all. And you need yeah. to find your people. And sometimes it's not the right time, you know, and, yeah. and that's okay too. And it's like that quote too, where it's like, go where you're celebrated, not where you're tolerated. Like Mm. when I first heard that quote years ago, I was like, well, what does that really mean? Like, I I didn't understand the depth and the complexity of it. Right. I thought it was really just about such surface level, like, oh, you're going to be celebrated. But it's like, no, like not everyone can hear the tune that you're playing. And that's not a judgment against them or you. That's okay. We're all called to the groupings of people we're called to. But I don't stand at a closed door ever, you know? So if the room can't handle what I have to say, if if there's just not space for me to be myself, I will very happily and gracefully mosey on down the path (laughs) to the room that is for me, you know? Yeah, totally. May is mental health month. And as a functional medicine practitioner with my patients and all you lovely people who listen to The Art of Being Well, hopefully you know my heart on the matter is that mental health is not separate from physical health. Mental health is physical health. And in the spirit of Mental Health Month, I want to tell you about a product I love for relieving stress and anxiety. It's Ned's De-Stress Blend. This is a USDA certified organic formula that puts the spotlight on two powerful cannabinoids, CBG, which is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress 
by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. And of course, our tried and true CBD, extracted from the world's purest full-spectrum hemp in the foothills of Colorado Rockies. This blend also features botanical infusions of ashwagandha and cardamom and cinnamon. Invest in yourself and fortify your stress response this month and get 15% off Ned's de-stress blend with code WILLCOLE. Go to helloned.com slash WILLCOLE or enter code WILLCOLE at checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash WILLCOLE to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring The Art of Being Well and offering my listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. Typical children's vitamins are basically, let's be honest, candy in disguise. Filled with at least two teaspoons of sugar, unhealthy chemicals, and other gummy junk growing kids should honestly never eat. That's why Haya was created, the pediatrician-approved, super-powered, chewable vitamin. While most children's vitamins are filled with lots of sugar and can contribute to a variety of health issues, Haya is made with zero sugar and zero gummy junk, yet it tastes really great and is perfect for picky eaters. Haya fills in the most common gaps in modern children's diet to provide the full body nourishment our kids need with the yummy taste they love. Haya is pressed with a blend of 12 organic fruits and veggies, then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. It's non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, all the frees you can think of. My son, Solomon, he takes Haya and he loves it. And he's, I if I <laughs> can share this, he's a picky eater. So if he can take it, any kid can take it. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash Will This deal is not available on their regular website. So go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash Will and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Life is all about those pivotal moments, those big life changes when we ask ourselves, why didn't somebody tell me this? I'm TV host and journalist, Abby Huntsman. My best pal, comedy writer, and media producer, Lauren Leeds and I are going to bring you conversations with some of the most impactful people of our time to learn their life lessons. We'll pull back the curtain on their biggest transitions, how their reality is probably far less perfect than it might appear. And of course, what they wish somebody had told them back when. Check out I Wish Somebody Told Me anywhere you listen to podcasts. We release new episodes every week. The analogy that I use actually to kind of kick off this podcast when I launched it was we're all different facets of the same diamond, all reflecting oh. light in a different way. It doesn't make my facet better than your facet. It's just a different light. It's a different way to communicate. Do you find that to be the case in your journey with all of this? Absolutely. Without a doubt. Every, everything serves purpose and every single being in existence, no matter what your past looks like, no matter what your present looks like, every person is a divine child of God, is a conduit of light, is meant to in whatever specific, unique way for them. And mm -hmm. there's no hierarchy on how, how big or small is meant to shine their unique light in whatever way it's in service, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And also, I, I think 
you know, to be quite honest, the human experience is one of, you know, very specific polarities. So sometimes the light that people shine, it is meant to be the cautionary tale. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the light that people shine, it is the deeply inspiring story, right? Like there's not... There's not hierarchy on how it's displayed, but everyone's existence serves purpose. Yeah, totally. So what do you say for the person that's maybe listening to this conversation and they're like, oh man, I'm into health, I'm into wellness, I'm into healthy food, I'm into fitness, I'm into working out, but they're like, they don't see the importance of this spiritual journey, the spiritual part of themselves, or maybe we would say it's like they're, that they're only, it is themselves. But what do you say for that person that's maybe skeptical to this side of wellness? Yeah. You know, I think, hmm, let's be in grace, everyone, with the way that this lands. Um, but something I've come to find is that absolutely everything can be used as a tool of self-avoidance, hmm. even God, even good health. There are so many ways that we can trick ourselves to avoid some of the extra work or the deeper work that we need to do. And so I think when it comes to things like vibrant health, when it comes to things like caring for yourself in the ways that you just listed, it's not possible to not naturally fall into the spiritual journey too. It's all part of the same, you know, they're, they're all sides of the same coin. It's like the spiritual tenant, the pillars of wholeness are mental, physical, emotional, spiritual. It has to be included, right? Like that's what integrates all the other work. Now, someone could be listening and saying, yeah, but that's not needed for me. And I and I feel great and I look great and cool. All that's amazing. You're not complete until you do that other part. And you can avoid it for as long as you want. And there's no judgment on that. This is your life. Live it in exactly the way you feel called to. Mm-hmm but the patterns repeat as needed. And doing all of the other work is so important, but you can't do it and consciously say, but I'm not gonna do this. Because mm-hmm. that againstness, that rigidity, that's what kind of invalidates some of the other work. It doesn't make it land as deeply as it could, you know? So mm-hmm. I think from an integrative perspective, anytime you try to keep something off that menu, you're mm-hmm. doing a disservice to yourself and it's gonna keep kind of rolling over and revealing itself in new ways and new conversations and new patterns and people um, mm-hmm. until it's met. Absolutely. I, I, you, I couldn't have said it better. Uh, what do you say for somebody that, I mean, they don't know where to start. And you say, I, I like the way that you said it. Everyone's journey is different just because it's maybe not what your practices or what your tools are, someone else's tools, somebody else's journey may look different in this realm. But what are some good places for people to start to start strengthening that that mindfulness muscle or that spiritual the sense of who they are? Oh, I love this question because I think and tell me, I mean, I would love your perspective on this. Like it feels like for so long. Starting the journey was mm-hmm. like the scariest thing because it was always wrapped in this really specific way that like made everyone think 
well, I have to be a vegan. I have to go live in an ashram. I have to be perfect. And that's not possible because I got all this pain inside. Then I can't imagine that really going anywhere. So I'm not even going to attempt it. Or it's like, you're just like, okay, so I'm going to meditate every day. And and it's like this rigidity in the structure that keeps people from actually embodying the work. And I think now we're in this place where it's like, we can recognize and so many of us are sharing in heartfelt ways, not in Instagrammable ways, not in like, you know, these very regurgitated from a book structured ways. We're sharing what practice actually looks like, you know? And and so from that piece, I love to tell everyone to start with, what do you notice feels deeply satisfying when you do it? Not good, Mm -hmm. right? Like not just good, not just like, oh, I love a good meal, but what actually satisfies you at a deeper level? And don't put a hierarchy on it having to be performative. You don't have to tell me, oh, when I meditate, I feel so good. You probably don't yet. Not when you're getting started. That takes time. That takes time. Now, 10 years later, I crave meditation. But when I first learned, I took a year off immediately. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it's like noticing and giving yourself grace that you can meet your needs. You just have to listen to what they are. And so to get started, I would say start with a little bit of self-inquiry of like, what could feel a little bit better about my day? If I think about my spiritual journey in the context of those like four pillars of wholeness, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, what can go in those buckets? And even non-traditional things, when you think of physical, it doesn't mean you have to have the most dynamic workout, right? Like that isn't for everybody. It also doesn't have to mean that, you know, all the yoga postures and, you know, you're doing, you know, you're doing this, this beautiful, deep work that, you know, is clearly spiritual. It could mean, you know, in my physical category to meet my needs, I'm going to close my eyes for five minutes and I'm going to hug myself and I'm going to sway my body. And I'm just going to feel, what does that feel like inside of me? Mm-hmm. That is a powerful work. That is a powerful spiritual practice. That is a great starting point that requires so little of your time, so little of your creativity. You don't have to think about it, but it starts like that positioning of connecting you back to your body. And from there, you start to, your your intuition is really ignited and enlivened. Like you're noticing this connection in new ways to yourself and your needs. And then you just slowly start adding, like what else could feel good for me? Maybe Mm -hmm. when I have my lunch by myself, I'm going to close my eyes as I chew and swallow. Every bite that goes in, I'm just going to close my eyes. It doesn't require much, right? Like that is so simple. It takes seconds. And those are the ways like that we start really creating that internal merit where we just are really making these deposits that add up in us and we're building our spiritual confidence to have the bigger practice that's consistent. Beautifully said. I love this. Oh my gosh. I could talk to you all day long. I love this stuff. So, and I, coming from a functional medicine space, I don't, I talk about it with patients, but I I don't get to really geek out as much as I'm doing right now with you. So thank you for like giving me this. pocket of what I love talking about too. I don't just like talking about inflammation. I like talking about this stuff too. Uh, this is so important because this impacts your, your, this impacts your inflammation. I see people so much. It's like, I'm always talking about to people, mental health is physical health. Well, spiritual health is physical health too. And all of this, like you said, these are all pillars of the same thing. Someone's spirit and their spiritual walk is 
unhealthy or they're in a toxic space that can imp- that can rest in their body too that can rest in their cells and yeah. drive up inflammation inflammation levels and disrupt their hormones and their gut health just as much as a cupcake can <laughs> you know more and more exponentially yes. more oh my god the things that we carry in our bodies like dr will that has been such a big part of my journey in the last two years like i feel like the early parts of my journey i was really focused on really like mind and soul. And I stayed away from body and I was just like, Oh, who cares? Who cares about that? Like, I'm going to work on this. That's that surface level. That doesn't matter. That's like, Oh, chronic pain. That's just my, that's my lot in life. Right? Like I had chronic, chronic back pain for close to 20 years, daily debilitating pain, a few days out of every month that I wasn't able to walk. No doctors could figure out why, you know, and And then I said, okay, it's something else. It's something else. Like, what have I really been avoiding? I've been doing all this spiritual work, but is there a piece I've been hiding from? Then you start diving into the traumas. You start diving into the limiting beliefs. You start diving into these, you know, what I believe to be like deep ancestral healing that's necessary for the family lineage. Like sometimes I believe we are carrying things in our body. We're carrying these energetic and genetic signatures from things that happened to our ancestors, from things that have been passed down for hundreds, thousands of years, you know? And when I started looking at healing in that way and being really intentional with my body, really caring about what went into it, really caring about how I moved it in conjunction with all the spiritual work, mm-hmm. I found the deepest relief. Like I have been free from chronic pain since May. So, wow. and for me that like, I, I will start crying right now. Like for me, that is like revolutionary. Like I Amazing. have not in 20 years had a day where I didn't wake up just incredibly fatigued and in pain. And now it's like, I wake up at 5 AM filled with vital energy. I I'm like, like going all day feeling great until it's time for bed. And I'm just like, I'm just in awe of God right now. I'm in awe of how healing can really transform you physically, emotionally, spiritually. I'm so happy for you. I, I, so cool to see that, that burden lifted off of you. What was the turning point for you? I mean, what was that to be healed from that, mm. to, to overcome that, to move through that. What, what, what was the turning point for you? It's going to be different for everybody. Well, what's, what was it, what was it for you? You know, I, I'm sure there were so many things to lead into this, but the piece that really stands out to me right now is that I started to be so radically honest with myself, you know, and I'm somebody that is insanely overprocessed. Like any therapist I've ever had, we've had to stop working together because we became friends, you know, and they're just <laughs> like, you know, so much or like, you know, therapists always tell me they send people to my podcast. Like I'm a very, very processed person. And I had been, you know, doing so much cognitive therapy, so much somatic therapy, so many different kinds, but there were still things that I don't think I was fully willing to see about myself, about my story, about my unique set of circumstances, about my trauma. You know, there were certain aspects of the trauma I experienced in my life that I was skating over because I'm like, well, but I'm on the other side of it. Or, oh, you know, I don't want to think those negative thoughts. I'm already out of that, you know. And sometimes we get equipped with all this language, all this healing language, all this spiritual language, and it can just further inform your own spiritual bypass. 
because mm-hmm. you think you have all the language, you think you have all the descriptions that you don't have to actually plow through. And so I started plowing. And I think that that's what really unlocked things for me. I started really looking with observant, curious eyes at mm-hmm. what hurt me and how it hurt me so that I could really free myself and release myself from it. And so, and, and, you know, that that's just legs of the journey. That's just part of the mastery. It's like you start where you start and then there's always opportunity to go deeper. And so yeah. that depth kind of, I think was my breakthrough. Have you heard of hypochlorous acid? You have to check this out. Lumion Skin harnesses the power of your immune system by using something called hypochlorous acid or HOCL for short as their hero ingredient in all of their products. If you have yet to hear of HOCL, Lumion is making it a household name, one clear, healthy face at a time. Lumion uses the anti-aging power of pure oxygen combined with the antimicrobial properties of HOCL to create vibrant, healthy, and irritation-free skin. Lumion is safe to use on breakouts, dermatitis, eczema, sunburns, and it doesn't stop there. Lumion helps with any skin irritation from that unwanted blemish to having too much fun in the sun. Lumion is your answer to clear, calm, and healthy skin like Mother Nature intended. Lumion has three HOCL-based products you have to check out. They're Miracle Mist, the Miracle Mask, and the fan favorite, Save Your Skin Serum. I use all of these, love them, and specifically when I'm outside too much, even when I'm wearing sunscreen, if you get too much sun, the these products are game changers as summer is approaching for my side of the world at least. Let your skin breathe with Lumion. Use code WILLCOLE at checkout for 20% off your first purchase. Visit lumionlife.com, that's L-U-M-I-O-N-L-I-F-E.com and use code WILLCOLE at checkout to get 20% off. Is bacteria a bad word? Hopefully the listeners of this podcast know, actually, not at all, your gut is home to trillions of bacterial cells, some good and some bad. And they influence every critical function in your body, especially your immune system. Have more of the good guys and you'll thrive. But a poor diet, toxins, and even pain relievers are all things that can quickly wipe out your helpful bacteria and leave you vulnerable. That's why gut support is so freaking crucial. To give our guts what it needs to thrive, I love Just Thrive Probiotic. See, unlike other brands, Just Thrive Probiotic is clinically proven to survive past your stomach and arrive in your gut 100% alive. And for next level immunity, you have to pair your probiotic. I love doing this with Just Thrive Ultimate IgG. IgG antibodies are your immune system's most important soldiers. But when life gets stressful, your natural production can dwindle. To keep your immune system at the ready, having ultimate IgG on hand is always a smart move. Don't miss the episodes where I had the founder and 
leading microbiologist at Just Thrive to learn more about Just Thrive and their science-backed supplements. Right now, you can get 15% off Just Thrive Probiotic and Ultimate IgG. Have them together just like me when you go to justthrivehealth.com and use code WILLCOLE at checkout. Again, that's justthrivehealth.com. Use code WILLCOLE at checkout. Can we go there with ancestral healing? I think you you talked about it. We've never really talked about it on the show at all. And really science is catching up this, uh, with this yes. language that what our grandparents, what our ancestors have gone through in their life is actually part of our G- DNA. It's part of our cells. It's, it's in our bodies. Uh, and that's just physiological. And that's what we just know right now where this is the tip of the iceberg of actually what's going on. Can you shed some light on this topic and what you've learn through your years of research on this? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love like, to your point, it, it's so interesting. Like I have so many friends um, and colleagues that are psychologists and therapists. And one of the things that we talk about, especially if you weren't trained or don't come from the BIPOC community and didn't really kind of study unique circumstances for healing in other communities, There are so many psychologists and therapists right now that are doing these deep dive immersives and going back to school to learn about trauma because trauma had never really been researched before outside of how it was related to war or, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder. Even when I did my first teacher training in meditation in the back, it was like special cases you may have someone who returned from war war. if that's the case, they may have PTSD. It's like, Mm. wait depending on who you are in this country, there's a lot of us walking around with PTSD. There's a lot of us walking around with CPTSD, complex post-traumatic stress disorder. There's so many layers to understanding it. And we are just at the precipice of it. Like we are just dipping our toes into the water. But, you know, I think I would really recommend that anyone whose interest is peaked right now, look into epigenetics, like really look into like a be- there's a beautiful book, um, The Body Keeps the Score or the saying, you know, the issues are in the tissues. That is so real. What piqued my interest especially was noticing that, you know, I started kind of piecing together, okay, Black women are the leading, Black and Latinx women, really all women of color lead in very specific kind of medical disease and ailments like ovarian cancer, like breast cancer. For the men, it's, you know, prostate cancer. And it's like, those are very specific kinds of organs, right? Like those are really specific places to show disease in what is otherwise a young, healthy body. And so I really started looking at the connections between things that people have endured ancestrally that was never cleared. We are in the first time in human history, women are speaking about the depths of their pain, the depths of their mother's pain, their grandmother's pain that kicked off with the Me Too movement, you know, um, which I think now is like five years ago, six years ago. That was the first time we were able to actually call out the fact that we have endured atrocities, that we have endured deep pain and that no one has ever been allowed to speak about it before. So many family secrets, right? So many workplace injustices, so many things happening in this patriarchal system that is also wrapped and shrouded in white supremacy. Mm -hmm. Of course that has an effect. Of course that has an effect. 
If someone yells at you on the street or says something to you, you'll acknowledge that that has had an effect on your emotions and your psyche for the day. But we're going to say that hundreds to thousands of years of rapes, of brutality, of slavery, of injustice that were never dealt with, that typically there's never, you know, justice for, that no one will even hear what you're saying. And that's not going to have an effect on the way that people live, the way that people parent, the way that their genetics has mutated to take on the weight and the burden of that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, we're just now starting to see some of those connections being made, but I'm sure within the next 10 years, we're going to have scientific discoveries that blow the head off of this, you know? Um, But yeah, it's like, you know, especially when I think of women's womb health, you know, like we're really in a season of the divine feminine being reclaimed of the divine masculine, being able to um, emerge men being able to heal and feel and love and be seen and heard in new ways. It's a powerful time, but it's also going to bring up a lot of purging. There's a lot of trauma that exists in our body that is longing to come out. It's Mm -hmm. longing to be acknowledged, you know, but womb health is it's a big focus for me right now um, in the work that I do and the work that I've done with myself. You know, when we think of all that women hold and our womb is, you know, when you think of the sacral chakra, it is it's our seed of creation. One, you create the most powerful creation that can be made, which is human life on Earth. But it's also like the seed of our power where our intuition resides. You know, when they say, like, listen to your gut, that's your sacral chakra. That's your womb. Listen to your womb. You know, um, and so that. we have to rebuild that. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, so how this is a big question and I know it's it's a lot and it can't be we cannot reduce it to just simple bullet points. But for somebody that is like, yeah, what you just said resonated with them powerfully what's the first step there? I mean, is it just their spiritual work and then let that lead? Or is there something specific if they're like, yeah, I think I'm holding on to stuff from my past and just intuitively know there's something going on there. What would be your advice for these people? I would say really start getting curious. You know, the other pieces about how you're going to actually dissolve this within yourself, how you're going to really love yourself in new ways, all of that is going to come in with so much ease and grace. The second you say yes to this lake of the journey, The right teachers, the right experiences, the right healers are going to funnel in. But start with curiosity, you know, maybe even start writing down thoughts and memories Mm -hmm. of unexpressed emotions, unexpressed pains that you've had and be willing in a gentle way to look at them. Maybe Mm -hmm. start writing down, you know, what were some stories that you don't have full clarity on that were passed down from your family generation? What was that story of, of something that happened to your mother, to your grandmother? If you remember a member in your family who had a certain kind of disposition and people would just, you know, oh, she's this or that. Or, oh, well, you know, she got whoopings or this happened or, you know, your uncle was this way. Really look at that. Like those are areas that need to be loved and healed. That is lineage work. That is some of the deepest, most profound work you could do with your life. Any, I believe any healing we do on ourselves, we send back in time to our lineage and we send forward. And so it's like having that mind, that that framing for yourself as you start this work. It's not going to be done overnight. It doesn't need to. You don't have to go fast, go gently, you know, but start observing, start getting curious, start noting things down. And you're going to find 
there is so much ease to this healing once you say yes. And once you take off the judgment or the shame and you just put on that lens of curiosity, you just kind of put on that scientist hat of investigation. Mm, love that. So I'm curious, what, how has your, if, if, it, if at all, how has your, through your journey of going deeper and deeper in this work, how has your relationship with God or understanding of God changed? What an incredible question. Oh, in just like so many of the most beautiful ways, like, I don't even, I don't even know if I have developed yet the language because I feel God in my cells. I feel God in my atoms, you know, like I feel God in like all the cracks and the crevices. I feel I feel like my relationship with God has evolved in such a way that I've actually realized that God and I are in powerful co-creation. You know, like I've really understood that I can be such an active participant in my life. I'm not waiting for God to arrive. I am allowing myself to be in full collaboration with God on behalf of the calling on my life, on the call to serve in humanity, you know? Um mm-hmm. God, it's been so, so beautiful. It is, it's created this like depth of trust that I experienced in my life that I never had. I never, I, I like the deepest safety. Love that. Yeah. I, I feel all those things. I feel all those things as well about God. It's a yeah. good place to be. It's like you said, it's a safe place to be. It's a, it's a, it's a place of safety. And I guess I think for a lot of people out there that grew up in a very unsafe environment, it's an awesome place to be on this other side of it all, isn't it? It is. And, it, and oh my God, it is. Like, yeah, I was such an unsafe kid. I was such an unsafe adult. I was always feeling so unsafe, so uncared for, so unheld, you know? And it's mm-hmm. like to now be in this space where one, I really trust myself at the cellular level. I trust myself. I trust my life and to feel so safely held by God, which, and I I just want to drive this home for everyone. This does not mean life is perfect. This does not mean I am devoid of challenge. This experience of being alive on earth is so, so challenging and sometimes so exhausting. But I think even feeling safe in all of my challenges um, has been this shift for me that I'm just mm-hmm. like, I don't even have the words to say how grateful I am. Yeah. Here you All right, Debbie Brown, this has been a beautiful, beautiful conversation. I, I want to shift gears a little bit to the, the show is called The Art of Being Well. Uh, where we talk about the science and the art of wellness, everything we've talked about in this conversation, basically, but in your unique way. And this part of the podcast is your art of being well. This is Debbie Brown's art of being well, your favorite wellness ideas, tips, tricks, all the things. So I'll, I'll throw questions at you and then whatever question, whatever answer comes to mind, it's the right answer. Are you up okay. for this? Yes, hell yes. I didn't tell you about this. All right, <laughs> all right question this number one. So cool. If you're stuck on an island 
and you have nothing to eat but one food and you're wanting to survive, you're talking about nutrient density, survival, what would that food be? Oh God, Dr. <laughs> Will, I don't know. Um, oh God, uh, you tell me, I, I need advice for that. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you what a lot of people say, avocado. Oh, that's or my coconut. Okay. Those are two of my favorite foods. I'll tell you what ideal. I don't know nutrient wise what, what this is going to do. Ideally though, I could survive on simply having olive oil, olive avocado and coconut for the rest of my life. Like yeah, I would there you love go. that. Okay. Healthy fats. You'll survive quite a bit with fiber, some protein. You're, you're, you're good for a while. Okay. <laughs> and I love that God put coconuts on islands. So uh, <laughs> it's like a natural survival tool. All right. Question number two, completely opposite. If you could eat or had to eat one food for the rest of your life, purely on taste alone, remove health benefits aside, you just love it because it's freaking delicious. What would that food be? A pork banh mi. <laughs> <laughs> what? I know that's so You specific. didn't flinch on that answer. That's amazing. I, yeah, I I like really it's something about that perfect combination of a sandwich. Um, I love it. Like I'm obsessed with cilantro and jalapeno anyway, and like add that fat in and that crisp. Oh dear lord. Mm. <laughs> I love it. That's the first time I've heard that answer. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what are some supplements? Let's say one or two supplements. What have been the two supplements that have been the biggest helpers or game changers for your wellness journey? Gosh, I take like a really high potency um, vitamin C and that has been for me a game changer and iron is a big game changer for me. And I stayed away from taking my iron for a long time because yeah. I just hate taking pills. But like to consistently for me and my needs be on my iron and do my vitamin C, do my B12. Like that is my recipe for vital yeah. energy for myself. I see iron deficiency so commonly. I mean, people that are struggling with fatigue, brain fog, hair loss, like slow healing. It's so common, especially for women, especially yeah. for women. You know what too? And I'd love, I'd love to know anything you have on this, but <laughs> I've started doing like a lot of lion's mane in my smoothies. Mm -hmm. And that has been like, really beautiful for me. Yeah. It's a great medicinal mushroom. I love out of all the medicinal mushrooms, lion's mane is my favorite. It's great research around brain health, proved function, immune function too. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. Next question. What is, if, if you're into this stuff, but biohacking wellness tools, like something non-food, non-supplement, just a wellness tool that you've really, that you're really into lately. Oh my God, do I have something to tell you? Yes. So I, right now I'm really obsessed with PEMF um, yes. technology. And so I invested, and this is, it was kind of a big investment. It's not cheap, but there are cheaper versions of this in different ways. But I just started using this machine called Halo, which is like H-A-E-L-O. It's marketed to athletes, yeah. not an athlete, but I've been using it every single day, a few times a day. And I've seen a radical difference in myself, um, especially as support for like, like life has kicked back in. So I've been traveling a lot already. And I've just noticed that I've been really, really healthy. I'm not getting sick. I'm not, you know, catching those colds or I'm getting out of them really quickly. Um, so I don't fully know how all of it works, but I know that by using that every day, I've seen a real, real cool. shift. So I'm super into that. 
I've seen them around. Like there, it's actually like a band around your head, right? This, no, the halo? this one is like a giant. It looks like a giant donut, and okay. you just hold it on your abdomen. Oh, I have seen that. Yes. It. Yeah. Got it. Yeah, they were at the biohacking conference oh. a while ago, a couple months ago. Um, I haven't tried that one specifically. There's a lot of different devices similar to that. I've seen one where it's just you wrap it around your head. I've seen one around your neck, but the same technology, different companies. Yeah. And I've been doing like, I, I use a biomat pretty regularly. Um, I try to get on there, like even if just for a few minutes a day, heat has been really good for me. So yeah, that's kind of what I'm leaned into right now. Love it. Okay. What is one wellness myth? It could be any aspect of wellness, spiritual wellness, like emotional wellness, physical wellness. What is one myth within your space that you would like to set the record straight? That the way to be in wellness is through love and light. I am so, I'm sick of it. (laughs) (laughs) I am so sick of people thinking wellness is just like, oh, I think really positive thoughts and no negativity, good vibes only. It's love and light, love and light, love and light. For me, wellness is the shadows. Wellness is diving into your shadows, going into the dark, bringing light to the dark, you know? So I, I, I think it's time to evolve the way in which we see being well and teaching people how to be well. And I think it's very dangerous to only push for this idea of like positive mindset, positive mindset, or, you know, this idea of like love and light, everything is good vibes. Um, and especially if you are someone in the BIPOC community, I think it's deeply unfair because it's creating even more, lack of acknowledgement of your true lived experience. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it creates a system of spiritual bypass that has a lot of people that are equipped with the right language, that have the right look, that look really bright and positive, that are actually really doing a disservice to the psyche and the emotional health of the people that they are working with or speaking to. It's good. It's true. It's like, I almost feel like in a way, saying that flippantly or that being like the thing within wellness was served a purpose for a season. It's almost like the world's so Mm -hmm. negative. So like you're saying this rapid accelerated change, it's like, okay, yeah, that's a great better than negativity. But ultimately you need to hold both. Like you said, the shadows are there and it makes, honestly, like you said, so many people within the BIPOC community or anybody that's struggling with, with stress and trauma, they're going through a lot of heaviness in their life. They feel so inadequate, especially in, in, the Instagram culture. It's like you have this FOMO inducing content because it's love and light, but it's like, it's not real life. No. And, and the majority of people that is not their life. Like it is such a joy to have been able, you know, for those that found wellness because they were stressed out or they found wellness because they wanted to find their purpose or they felt restless, like amazing. But other people, a lot of people find wellness because that is the only choice before death, you know, because that is the choice of being able to not hate yourself and not hate the world that you live in. You know, it's, it's about actually like healing yourself, being well from the inside out. And for so many communities, this is the first time in human history that that's even graspable. Absolutely. Well said. Thanks for bringing that up. What is one wellness brand? It could be a food, it could be a snack, it could be a product, anything that you really been digging lately. Mm. What am I really digging lately? Um, (laughs) 
I want to be like mushrooms. Um. <laughs> <laughs> lion's mane. Well, I mean, we could go there. I mean, what lion's mane do you use? What What's the one you go for? Well, I was thinking more so a different oh, kind like, of mushroom. Uh, like um, psilocybin, psilocybin. Yeah, that would be a different okay. conversation. <laughs> you know, I've, I've really been into like, I'm I'm just now getting into like understanding more about biohacking and like certain things that um, like, for instance, like using like PEMF technology, using infrared technology as part of my daily practice. So that has been really, really, really fascinating to me and really powerful for me is just studying like, what are some of these like tools? What are some of these frequencies, these lights? that I can feel. I'm also really into sound healing. So I just got a new set of chakra tuning forks. And so I've been kind of doing those over my energy every day as part of my practice. And that has been divine. So how do you, I've seen them before and I've had it done on me before in different things, different wellness retreats. What, what, what's the, what's, if someone wants to try it out, what do they do? So you would get, um, you would get like a tuning fork and you usually get like some kind of a puck or like, it's like a hard rubber disc that you use. And you would, if it was an unweighted tuning fork, you would hit the tuning fork on the puck to activate it. And then you'd hold it over a different chakra point. So like your third eye, top of your head, I do it a lot in my heart space and also solar plexus and womb. So think from like your chest down to your womb area just lighting up that whole area with that frequency. And you just kind of hold it. You won't always hear it depending on the kind that you get, but you'll usually feel it. You'll usually feel that kind of energy moving through you. Got it. And the whole premise of that is just sort of changing the the frequency of, of your energy space, correct? Yeah. And clearing out energy. That's how I use it. Like it really, for me, does a great job of aligning my energy points, clearing out, you know, if I have, which we all have, because we're human, like you're going to have sometimes a little charge around certain things. Sometimes it manifests as like maybe what's felt as full anxiety. Sometimes it's just like a little irritation. And I find that like using that, that frequency um, really helps me clear some of that out. Got it. All right. So next question. A lot of people that listen to the podcast are into skincare, natural skincare. What is, if you had to only use one skincare product, what would that be? Oh my God. I swear by Eminence Organics. That is my favorite skincare brand. It changed my skin. And especially from them, I love their, their eucalyptus facial cleanser and also their, their scrub, their strawberry rhubarb scrub. Those are like chef's kiss so good for me <laughs> to check them out we'll put the links to either way everybody that's listening we'll put the links to all the things we talk about in the show notes all right next question yeah all these places on me checks actually for <laughs> <laughs> sponsor dropping gems podcast right. <laughs> <laughs> next question what is a book that you've read in the last year that has really inspired you it could be fiction it could be nonfiction. some people bring up science fiction. So it's just, it could be anything to get you thinking in a different way. You know what I, so this past year, I reread a book that I had read a while ago, but it was such an inspiring reread that I, I, and I've, I reread it twice this year, actually. Deepak's book, The Spontaneous Fulfillment of Desire. And I mean, God, I love I love all of Deepak's books, but something about that book, and it was a bestseller from well over a decade ago, reading it through the lens of coming out of the pandemic and reigniting that sense of delight, of spontaneity, of like 
really this, this energy of like serendipity following you for your highest good. Like it brought that, it brought that childlike excitement about what's possible back into my heart space. So I love, I love, love, love that book. And I would also say I just read a fiction book called Shallow Waters by Anita Kopach. And it is this really beautiful fictional story rooted in Nigerian culture about like the God that exists inside of us and the pathway to like igniting your inner goddess or your inner God. And it's a really beautiful read. Wow. Thank you for that. All right, my friend, last question. What's your favorite restaurant in the world and what do you order when you go there? God, this is so hard. <laughs> <sighs> okay, I uh, 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 I don't know. Um, <laughs> so I love sushi and the sushi place by my house is Katsuya, which is a known sushi brand in the Los Angeles area. I love their soft shell crab roll. It's like I could eat it all day. And then... So there is this restaurant from my time of living in Houston. I haven't been in a few years, but I think about it all the time. This restaurant's called Eddie V's. Um, it's like a really formal dinner place, like American, you know, dinner. They have a butter cake that is their dessert. That is like this warm, buttery banana foster cake. And it's like, I haven't even had it in years since I moved, but I think about it all the time. So yeah, those two things. All right. I would definitely put the links for those. Eddie V's need to send you a check too. Please. Oh, send me a cake. <laughs> and a butter oh. cake. Yeah. Check <laughs> check in a butter cake, please. Debbie Brown, I appreciate you immensely. Thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you. What a joy. What an honor. Thank you so much. At the end of every episode, I'll be answering a question from one of you guys. Nothing is off limits. Ask me anything. And you can send your questions over to me on Instagram or Facebook. As a functional medicine practitioner, it's been fun seeing the questions that have already come in on different food philosophies, wellness trends, and ways to approach overall mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. Thanks for those. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on your mind. Now it's time for another Ask Me Anything. Today's question is from Kenneth. Kenneth asks, Hi, Dr. Cole. Is functional medicine a good resource for people with ADHD? In short, Kenneth, absolutely. Um, ADHD or attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, there are different types of ADHD and that sometimes that's the umbrella term for it. But there's actually several subtypes that we recognize in functional medicine and integrative medicine. But in short, the general answer is absolutely. It's a tool within the toolbox within functional medicine and therapy and different modalities to get function back and have the person feel great and live a productive, happy, peaceful life. So what are the things that we look at? I mean, and let me say that back up a little bit, everybody in functional medicine has their own focus. So not to say everybody within functional medicine, all functional medicine doctors are going to have the same experience or focus within their clinic. But personally, this is something that we see a lot of within our telehealth clinic. Brain health problems as a whole are something that we really focus on. People that have ADHD, people that have ADHD, ADD, however, you know, you want to term that depending on, you know, how you've been 
labeled throughout your life or autism spectrum issues or anxiety, panic disorders, depression, brain fog, fatigue, chronic fatigue syndrome. These are the, some of the things that we see. And then of course, neurological autoimmune type problems, people that have MS, Parkinson's. So very different brain health problems, but they have, a lot of them have one thing in common, it's neuroinflammation, the inflammation of the brain and the nervous system. So we have to look at the confluence of factors that are at play with neuroinflammatory problems or neurodegenerative problems in some of those instances. But for specific ADHD uh, issues, we have to look at the the specific subtype of ADHD there is. If you haven't heard the episode with Dr. Amen, definitely go back to check that because it's definitely some commonality between our approaches in uh, people that have brain health problems like this. Um, but we have to look at the gut-brain axis. We have to look at nutrient density as far as giving your body the raw materials it needs to have proper brain balance. A study specifically that comes to mind that's actually recently to kind of, in, in a way, substantiate the things that I get to see clinically every day. It's out of a study that was published in the Journal of the American Academy of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry, or JAACAP, reported that children with ADHD and emotional dysregulation issues, this is a randomized control study, actually a triple blinded study. They enrolled 135 medication-free children and their parents at three sites, and it was Portland, Columbus, Ohio, and Alberta in Canada. And they randomized participants to either micronutrient or placebo capsules for eight weeks. Three quarters of the participants were adherent to the study protocol. And what they found was really cool. Again, things that I see all the time, so it's not news to me, but it's really cool that this is being looked at within the scientific community. And what they found was that the children that took the micronutrient formula were three times more likely to show symptomatic improvement on blinded clinician ratings compared to those in the placebo group, 54% versus 18%. And in this study, the micronutrient formula consisted of all known vitamins and essential minerals. And it was again, administered for eight weeks. So pretty cool study to confirm what I already see clinically and anecdotally is that we can make some really positive improvement in uh, these people's lives, not just children, but adults and people of all ages. Um, so what the researchers want to do is do further studies to look at the specific mechanisms, which I'm excited to see this come out over the coming years, because they want to look at, okay, well, what pathway is it? Is it with the micronutrients and the, the vitamins and the way it's modulating the gut microbiome, the second brain? Is it lowering and modulating lower inflammation levels through the gut-brain axis? Is it a combination of things, which is I actually think that think I actually think that's what's going on. It's just not one thing. It's this far-reaching implication throughout the body systemically. But anyways, uh, the mechanisms are cool for us science nerds, but the real-life benefits remain the same uh, for my patients. They don't necessarily need to know the pathways and the mechanisms. They just want to know, is it improving my quality of life? Is it improving my labs? Uh, okay, that's good enough for me. So that's my realm normally with patients. So definitely some cool science around it. And in short, absolutely.
Thanks again for listening to The Art of Being Well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit follow and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com slash podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday, and I hope you will too. Talk soon.